Stories, awakening, possibility, social impact. Creating a culture of compassion, connection, and collaboration. You are listening to Hollyhock Talks, a podcast about the teachers and luminaries that make Hollyhock extraordinary. Hollyhock is Canada's leading leadership learning centre, located on Cortez Island. Hollyhock Talks brings a little piece of Hollyhock magic to you, wherever you are listening. This is Farah of Hollyhock Talks, and I'm really excited to be here with Diana Burrisford Kroger, who is an author, medical biochemist, botanist, and also featured in the documentary Call of the Forest film. She was elected to the Royal Geographical Society and was named Utney Reader's World Visionary, and I'm so excited to be here to talk to you about forest bathing and sea scrubbing. These are two things that have been going on for a long, long time all over the world. And I think the introduction into North America is fairly new. And hopefully you will, in Hollyhock, premiere such things. Now, it seems that forest bathing is such a perfect medicine for modern times. As a scientist, can you talk about the benefits? Uh, Well, forest bathing uh, has been practiced uh, in Japan for 1,400 years. And um, where you're seated at Hollyhock right now, you have all of the sibling species um, on the western coast of North American continent that have very, very similar um, aerosols produced by your forests. So uh, the benefits to the Japanese have been tremendous, absolutely tremendous for hundreds of years. And in the West Coast and on the West Coast, um, the species are producing those kind of aerosols with a different kind of sympathy between them. And they uh, will, uh, I I would imagine in the future, be one of the big sources of health for really communities all up and down the West Coast. Now, what do you mean by aerosols? Well... Uh, I have to bring you into your imagination and I have to sit you down like a child and say to you, we're going to play dolls here because a lot of things I'm talking about are invisible. Uh, They're invisible like x-rays. When you go to the dentist, you get your teeth x-rayed, but you don't see the x-rays. Same thing happens with the trees, especially the West Coast species. They grow to be majestic sizes, wonderful, wonderful sizes. But at the tops of all of these trees lie the medicines. And the medicines for the West Coast come in a packaged form that can fly. And they are liberated out into the air at certain times of the year. And they have uh, what's known as perfume fixers on them. So when I take all of my uh, people in Hollyhock for a walk, I will know about this. And the fixers fix the aerosols on the surface of the skin. And given time, given breathing practices, given the ability to walk and do lots of different things, you will end up with these aerosols in the body. And those aerosols are fabulous. They do extraordinary things. They will... 
uh, rejuvenate you. They will give you a protection to your immune system. They will actually improve your breathing practices. And if you have got any lingering diseases or any lingering cold flus or whatever, oh, we'll sort them out fairly fast. They're that good. It, it seems such a magical, enchanted thing when you speak of it in that way. Mm-hmm. It is magical because, you see, they're mostly invisible. But to, if you were an insect or if you were a bird or if you were a mammal, I mean, these creatures have got enormous powers of smell. Some people can smell them much better than others. Some people, their noses don't work very well. You know, for instance, sommeliers for for smelling all the great wines. These people have fabulous noses, and no doubt they could smell them. I'm sure they could. But for the ordinary folks like you and me, we go under these trees, and then I can point out all the glandular tissue, and I can actually express it for you so you get a very strong smell, a good dose of it. And um, it is the basis of the medicines of the forest, and the Aboriginal people, of course, did have medical trees. And that's what we're going to be using out on the West Coast. Now, you mentioned at certain times of the year, so it's not that these medicines are produced all year round. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You have, you have a system in the tree where you have, you know, the four seasons. And even for you, even though you tell me it's just wonderful and green and you can walk in the forest out there and I'm still plodding in snow here, um, the trees do go into a kind of a dormancy. And they have to take a rest period, and that is generally during the winter. In fact, all species do that. But going up into the lightning part of spring, when the temperatures are arising and are increasing, then the tree starts to come to life, and the tree starts to manufacture the year's product of this medicine. And that's when you snap it, and that's when you get the best dose of it, and it gives you a strength that lasts for a very, very long time. So taking a walk in the springtime in a forest would be the ideal time? No. The ideal time would be when the temperatures are about 80 degrees, between 75 and 80 degrees. There's a chemistry that takes place um, in the forest itself and actually in you too as a, as a, a person with a high, uh, medium to high metabolic rate. Um, you, your body senses... The, the aerosols themselves and when the temperatures are a bit higher then the activity is higher it's still on your skin but uh, increase the temperature a bit and you increase the productivity and the, the um, reaction rate it's called of the medicine and this goes right into your body and um, for you out on the west coast you are totally spoiled everybody is spoiled out there and we're all jealous of you because you can get these things going from May, uh, May, June, July, August, September. And I suspect you even are get these treasures in part at the beginning of October. So, you know, you're totally spoiled. And you have such fantastic species out there, and I'm going to tell you about them. It makes me realize how little I know about forests. <laughs> Yeah, well, you take it, when you take a trip through the forest with me, um, you will never look at a tree in the same way again. Never, never, never. Down in uh, down in Carolina, I did a lecture down there, and I invited some people into their arboretum, that's the university arboretum, 
and hundreds and hundreds of people turned up, more people than had ever been in the operation ever. So there's kind of a thirst for this. People are starting to realize that the antibiotics are not working 100%. We've got super bugs on the horizon. And this is a way of getting very, very good health for your body for free. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the anecdote to for modern living? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Actually, I do really. I, I truly do. Um, now, you know, I gave you my name in Gaelic. My name in Gaelic is And I am the last of a very, very powerful family in Ireland. My family were the kings of Munster, kings and queens of Munster. And I'm the last child from that regime. So I know a lot about um, ancient knowledge. It's been passed on to me. And we have, all of us in this whole global community, we have the body, mind, and soul. We do look after our body, mostly. We feed ourselves three times a day, and we sleep, and so on and so forth. Uh, But we have the mind. We have to care for our minds. And we also have to care for our souls. And in the cathedral of the forest, you will meet your soul. You will meet the spirit of who you are and go into the child that you that you have inside in you and that you must talk to and you must look after and be sure that you're healthy within you. And that's what nature and, and the forest can do for you. So the forests are not just a physical medicine, but also a spirit medicine. Yes, they are a spirit medicine, and they have been used by the Aboriginal people as a spirit medicine for thousands and thousands of years. And the people who were the actual um, wise, the wise sages of the Western world were the people of Ireland and of the Celtic culture, and those people knew all of the Druidic systems, and the Druids were Druidic physicians and they had to study for maybe up to 30 years. Very few people know about these things. And the first language that um, was the Western culture's language, like English you're using like right now, was based on a language, based on an alphabet, which initiated with the tree. Each letter of the alphabet was the name of a tree, and that was the beginning of the English, the English uh, language. Very few people know that. Really? That's so fascinating that our language actually came from the forest. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And in, in ancient Indian times, the Ayurvedic medicine, um, uh, in Sanskrit, Sanskrit is very close to this uh, script called Ogun script. It's ancient thinking. Mm-hmm. And a set of laws was based on that, just like in India. The set of laws were the ancient laws, and they were really laws of democracy, law, laws of, of uh, democracy of people and the concept of the commons. The idea that the fact that we can go forest bathing in the forest, you and I could go forest bathing in the forest, the breathing of that air is the act of the commons. Now, the other part of the program you're offering at Hollyhock and the other treasure that we have here on the West Coast is the ocean. Tell us about sea scrubbing. Mm-hmm. The interface between the great ocean and the land, that's where it all takes place. You know, you have your ozone layers that gives you a certain amount of relaxation. 
uh, with ozone, increase oxygenation into the system, you have to rest. You have to actually take it easy because your mind is telling you that. But what happens with that is the two adrenal glands over your kidneys are actually re-regulating your body. And the adrenal glands actually say to your body to sit down and relax and they produce less cortisol. Cortisol is hydrocortisone. It is the flight and fright index of the body. And it makes you relax. And by making you relax, by doing the things that I'm going to be doing with you, it lessens the strain on your heart. It lessens the strain on your kidneys and on your liver. It makes you more, it gives your whole body, your internal system, a holiday. And what exactly are the things that you're going to be doing at Hollyhock? Well, it depends on who's in who's in my my student group. It depends on who who you know who comes. Um, I will I will individually deal with everybody and their wants and, and likes and dislikes. But for the most part, what uh, the basic idea of this is that we will take certain species out of the ocean, and I don't mean going swimming into the ocean either, on the intertidal zone. We will do our collection, and then we will sit, and I will show you the anatomy of a seaweed. That is, I will show you the sexual reproduction of the seaweed and the areas where you should use the scrubs, because that's kind of fairly... That's... Um, I, I have to, you have to know about this. And what that does is it releases um, a tincture of iodine, really, uh, um, of iodine into the mucilage of the seaweed. And then I will show you how to rub it on your body. And what that does is it increases the ability of your thyroid um, hormone underneath your chin to actually have a greater form of metabolic rate. And it has a greater ability to... to um, tamp down um, your allergy your allergy um, teeter in your body where you're super allergic to things. It actually gives your whole body a rest while it gives you the ability to find. It's like ta- taking you and bringing you into a garage. Let's say your machine isn't working that well. Let's say your car isn't. Let's say you're driving a Mercedes and it's not working very well. Well, I'll say to you, you come into my garage, I'll fine-tune the motors, and you go out of there speeding with your foot on the pedal. That's remarkable. I had no idea that seaweed could be used in that way. Oh, yes, yes, and it has been in Ireland by the Celtic culture for maybe 3,000 years. Uh, It's used in Japan. Um, I don't know if you know... They, in Japanese, the types of food um, that they have in Japan are given a high status, so high that it's a World Heritage Site, the food is. Remarkable. Now, that's just seaweed and sea scrubbing. So, yeah. So, the other thing that these things will do for you is that they'll trim down your body. Um, if you're suffering from a bit of overweight, it helps you to reduce your weight. I didn't know that. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, listen to me now. You're, you've come from the forest of the, the land. We've been walking in the forest of the land, and what that is really is, is, is the process of forest bathing. But then the sea also has a great forest. The species in the sea are equivalent to the species on the land, except they happen to be under the sea. 
and they also need oxygen, they also need carbon dioxide, and they need all the things that the, the species on land need. But they're really smart. They're very clever species, and they manage to survive underwater. But by doing that, they have an incredible ability to heal. It's like a sea garden. What about ocean bathing? Is there anything to just immersing yourself in the natural salt of the ocean? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, because the saline match of the ocean is the saline match of your blood. Yeah, it's a, it's a rest, you see? It's a rest for, you know, look at yourself. and You look at yourself, you're a unit, actually. Uh, not, to, not to be rude, <laughs> you are a bag of bones and flesh held in a bag of skin, right? I mean, not just you, I am too, all of us are, because the skin covers the whole body. The skin gives us unity. The skin gives us the protection and function of unity. The dignity of man is within that circle. And um, what you do is you take that body and you swim. But you're matching saline to saline. And that is actually very, very, very good for your body. It gives your body a rest. And even if you're older and you just take off your, your shoes and your socks or whatever, your nylons or your whatever, and take a paddle in the water... That's very good for you too. And um, water is seawater, salt water is aseptic. I mean, in the old times, seawater was used for cooking. Seawater was used for scrubbing areas, and it gave them an aseptic sur- surface. That was the old aseptic use of water. Remarkable how something so simple is so extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know... This is, you know, you said to me earlier on, um, the complexity of our lives has made us forget the simplicity of our lives, and we should be rich in simplicity. Yes, I think that that there's so much truth in that. Mm -hmm. Because if you are rich in simplicity, then you can pass it around, and there's more for everybody else. It gives, it gives a smack in the face to greed. You can't be too greedy and also be simple at the same time. It's, it, one is the paradox of the other. And the world needs simplicity. We don't need greedy people. We need to share. We need to share in love and in respect for all peoples everywhere. You have a bio plan. Can you tell us about your bio plan? Well, what the bio plan is, it's very simple, actually, is you look after your garden. Don't use pesticides. Don't use fungicides. You look after your garden. You feed the birds. Your neighbor then has a bio plan, feeds the birds, native species, native area, feeds the birds, feeds the flying bats, and so on and so forth. Um, the, next, the whole road then becomes, you know, clean. Then... That gets caught everywhere, and then you all of a sudden you have a green, clean town. You have a green, green, clean city, and that is actually happening. That is happening all over North America, and in fact, it's happening in Europe too. And that you start with an idea. Every single, every single thing that works in nature, every single thing that works for you and me as human beings, starts with an idea, and you have to. Have the idea, have the dream of the idea, and then put it to work. And it is going to work. I have so many more questions for you. And I also know that um, 
it's probably good that we just give people a taste so that they are inspired to actually come to the workshop because I'm sure there's so many things I'll be able to experience being with you and being outside within the natural world. The big idea of the workshop is for people who are coming, you're going to come to relax. We are going to have fun. Um, um, you and I are going to have fun, get to know one another, and you then will be my ambassadors, and I expect you to pass the word around. You will become the expert then and pass the word around. And the more people that benefit their health from this, the better the community, the better the society, and the better the continent. Well, that's a beautiful um, invitation to people is to become ambassadors and pass along the wisdom of the forest and the sea. Thank you so much. It's been such a magical journey to listen to you speak and have a new window into forests. <laughs> well, it's been my pleasure and also my honor. Thank you, Vera. Stories, awakening, possibility, social impact. Creating a culture of compassion, connection, and collaboration. You are listening to Hollyhock Talks, a podcast about the teachers and luminaries that make Hollyhock extraordinary. Hollyhock is Canada's leading leadership learning centre, located on Cortez Island. Hollyhock Talks brings a little piece of Hollyhock magic to you, wherever you are listening.